This is ESPN 1000, the hockey show. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle, coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios. You can follow the show on Twitter, at ESPN Hockey Show, and you can reach us at 312-332-3776. Brian, how you doing this morning? Did you get less sleep than Stan Bowman last night? Uh, you know I'm what? watching the game. The last five minutes, terrific, like playoff hockey. I don't Was there even a whistle in that? I, in the I don't regulation? think there was, no. And then the, the, the you know, Dabrinka goal to finish it in overtime, which was terrific. And record crowd, too, right? Margarita they, night. Margarita, margarita night. Bill. We, we yeah. were drinking during the broadcast. Yeah. A little extra because, you know, it's been, it's been rough in recent weeks. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's good to see you up and about this morning because you guys had a late night. But a lot of interesting uh, goings on and doings at the United Center, not only on the ice, but speculation of what's going on off the ice because you had a healthy scratch, you had Crow and Net, and uh, those two positions seem to be front and center because come Monday, it'll be all right. Yes. Right, Jimmy uh, Buffett? <laughs> yeah. Trade deadline? We're 53 hours away from that deadline. As you mentioned, Eric Gustafson was a late scratch last night just before warm-up. We all know that uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and certainly has value on the market. So we kind of thought that maybe a deal was already in place. And then Pierre Lebron and others said it was just precautionary. But look, I think in the next 24, 48 hours, you're going to see Eric Gustafson move. I mean, Duncan Keith even said, you know, he can put two and two together. Yeah. No, one's, no one told us anything in the room, but you know, we're, we're all talking about it before the game. And then the other, you know, I think the goalie situation is really interesting yes. because I think we we all thought that Robin Leonard was going to be the starter of the future in the crease with the Blackhawks, being 28 years of age, coming off the Vesna Trophy year. Certainly did nothing this year to uh, dissuade you from thinking that he could continue to do that. In his prime? you know, In his prime uh, and seeing more high-quality chances than he did in, in New York. Uh, but from... The several reports out there, Elliot Friedman, uh, Scott Powers from The Athletic, uh, and others. And I did some digging myself yesterday. It, it sounds like the Hawks and Leonard are follow, far apart on term. Leonard. They know what the money is. They know what the market's going to command for him. But he wants long term. They probably want medium term, maybe even a couple years. And uh, he and his agent really have no interest in that. And, yeah, I, I think Leonard was looking somewhere in the five, five to six-year six sure, range, sure. which you would expect. And, you know, he went on record about a month ago and said... Uh, no discounts. Look, no discounts. I'm not looking to break the bank. I want it to be fair, but I want to get paid. That Maybe you of, saw what Artemi Panarin did. Gave him, that, the, <laughs> gave him the discount and then ended up in Columbus and then finally got paid in uh, New York. And, and by the way, I uh, told John Dietz this week, like, yeah, that really stunned me. Still shocked by still it. Hurt, still hurt him. And, you know, still hurts a lot of Hawks Kainer, fans. Kaner's probably still yeah, hurt by that, too. He cries himself to sleep every night <laughs> that way. Uh, so you look at the reports. You, you uh, also look at Robin Leonard not talking to the media yesterday morning, which, Brian... That's not him. No, it's not him. I call him the most honest soundbite in Chicago. Yeah. Well, 
you can't be honest if you don't step to the mic. Which, and maybe you don't want to say something you're, you know, you're going to regret. So you just which is smart on his part. Yeah, right. if, if that's you and know, and you don't want to be the distraction. Everyone in the room knows what's going on or not going on. So, but you don't need to be out there talking about it when the team's just trying to, you know, get on track as much as they can. Not only for, they, you know. The short term here, but for the long term, you just don't want to be more of a distraction than a lot of the other things going on already. So the divide between Leonard and the Blackhawks is term. And I, I understand he got wind of this on that Western Canadian road trip, which, Brian, may explain why he's allowed 14 goals in his last three games. Not a good response, though, right? I mean, and, and probably, you know, first time he's dealing with it, but you have to deal with it at some point in your career. Gretzky got traded, right? Right. And so that's the, you know, it's it's obviously bothering him. He probably thought this was a layup that he was going to be around here as long as he wanted to be around here and, and being the number one guy and getting paid it, uh, as such. And now found out the reality of the world is probably no deal here. No, if there's no long term deal and there's no deal at all, Monday in, uh, Monday afternoon, he's probably going to be wearing a different jersey. And then there was a report yesterday that the Hawks had acquired Russian goalie Ilya Sorokin. And then that was quickly walked back, um, which he could end up being, you know, Crawford's back up down the road or add depth for Lankinen and Colin Delia, who are in Rockford. But you'll keep an eye on that. So you begin to look at all the tea leaves. Robin not talking. The fact that you've heard now from at least I heard from three different people yesterday. Term was the divide. We've seen national reports that term is the divide. It really looks like Robin Leonard probably has played his last game in the crease for the Blackhawks. They've got one more game tomorrow in Dallas, mm-hmm. matinee, before Monday's 2 o'clock trade deadline. Are you comfortable with, now Corey's 35 years of age, in his last eight games, he's had a 938 save percentage. Nothing wrong I mean, with that. Last <laughs> night was a 975, 976. That was a goalie win last oh, night. No doubt about it. I mean, he was terrific. It was like turn back the clock night for Crow and... Here's the thing. I mean, okay, so are you asking, am I comfortable with, with him for the next couple of years? Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what the plan is. And if I'm Patrick Kane, maybe I want to ask the front office what, what the plan is. Is this a full rebuild? And by Monday, we'll have much more clarity on that. Because if those two guys aren't the only two going, I've heard, I was talking to people yesterday, I've heard five, six, seven, maybe ten teams calling on Brandon Saad. Now, one more year left on his deal. He, having a very good season quietly, I would say, but I mean, his best offensive season in a while. Um, he's still young enough that a lot of teams, he, he could be a difference maker for a team in the uh, Stanley Cup run, for teams that are solidly in the picture and, and looking for a difference maker to win a cup. He could be a, a difference maker for the bubble teams, right? And a lot of teams that have cap room, $26, 28000000 million uh, worth of cap, you know, they can trade for him and immediately sign him up to a long term deal. I don't know that the Hawks are going to pony up what Brandon Saad's going to want. And and so do you get the most value for him now with a full year left and a year and, and the remainder of this season on his deal than you would at trade deadline time next year when he's a rental player? I mentioned to you last week that general managers are not loving the rental uh, situation, not getting just the month and a half right. out of a player at the trade deadline and giving up assets. What they really like is the player that you can get those final two months to use in a playoff run at a prorated amount. So, you know, Brandon makes six million a year, but you're only paying about a million dollars sure, of that. So sure. it's all about it's all about next year. And so at six million dollars, it just does that fit into your cap structure the following year? You're not making a long term commitment to no. him. And you're getting if you're giving up an asset like 
when the Hawks gave up um, a first round pick um, back in 2015. You know, the the big question was, you know, Antoine Vermette, you're only going to use him for a month and a half or so. But it helped you produce a cup. Sure. So, you know, the trade-off, that, that pick in 2015 probably would be in your starting lineup right now in 2020. You would you would imagine if, if you hit or came close to hitting on that. But you give up an asset, he helps you win a cup, all's good in the world because your season ended with a parade in Grant Park. If you give up an asset, a first-round pick, you and and you like like they did for Andrew Ladd in 2016, and you don't get out of the first round. You go seven games against St. Louis. All of a sudden, it's like all right, wow, we wasted that. We wa- wasted that. So they do like the fact that you get you know the player that has that one year deal left on his and contract. gives you as the new organization time to figure out. Do you want to keep him around and at what number? And if you have that kind of cap room, it seems to be a no-brainer. And my concern would be, well, look, if you have three or four teams calling on Brandon Saad, you should be able to leverage that that number of teams to get the best possible deal. And I would say, are you, now would be the time to trade him. If you have upwards eight, nine, ten teams calling, now you have to get that deal done. Because I really do believe that if you're trading a young defenseman, you're trading a top goalie, and now... You know, if ten teams call on Brandon Saad, you're in a full rebuild mode, right? I mean, you you just you have to think about not this year's you know the ship has sailed. Next year's no guarantee. Tell me if you don't make these moves, tell me what changes if you're not uh, re-signing Len- Leonard. What changes that makes you think you're not a bubble team next year, let alone a, a, a legit Stanley Cup contending team? Just because guys got a year he- a year uh, older, a year better, a year you're a year healthier. It wasn't good enough then, right? I mean, so it's the old, you know, Bob Murray used to say this. We're we're closer to the bottom than the top. And, you know, but for Bob Pulford's 28-year consecutive playoff appearance streak that he didn't want broken, you have to realize who you are. And we talked to John McDonough a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about being great again, not talking about being a bubble team again or being the the last seed in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I think they have to be realistic enough that if you get eight, nine, ten teams calling Brandside, Look, I know Artemi Panarin, the next Artemi Panarin, is not coming back in return for Saad, right? And and if you trade Saad, people are write their stories, and, and people will be calling our station talking about, you know, you get this is what you got for Brandon Saad after what you gave up for him. You, you have to get past that, right? Google the, the worst five trades in the last five years, and, and that's arguably two or three, right, that trade. Yeah, no question about it. Look, and look. You brought it up last week. I, I I heard it on Waddle and Sylvie earlier in the week. Do you trade? Do you trade Kane or Taves, or do you entertain that? Now look here. Here's what I will say on this topic. They are already in a rebuild, whether they admitted it or not. They've been retooling here on the fly. This trade deadline, to me, it, they've got the most assets they've had in recent years, and it's clear that they're not going to make the playoffs. So. To me, this is where you turn that into draft picks. The Pittsburgh Penguins were able to retool paying Malkin and Crosby a ton of money. They were able to do it with good draft picks, good moves, depth moves. They made some coaching changes along the way. But they they were able to do it with guys making big money and a little longer in the tooth. Sure. Kane and Tate... Kane still has, to me, six years 
of very productive hockey left in him. At least. I, re- I really think that. Now, Taves may not have the same shelf life as Kane, but I'm not, I'm not dealing either of those guys right now. And first of all, let's see how they handle a Leonard trade at the deadline. Let's see how this, this current regime handles the Eric Gustafson. If they can't handle that, God forbid they have to deal one of the top 100 players of all time. But what's in their heart of hearts? As much as every guy, this goes back forever, hockey players want to play in Chicago, right? Even in the dark days, it's it's still a very good hockey town, and it's a great hockey town when things are going well and everyone's winning. But the fact of the matter is, if you're Patrick Kane, if you're in a full rebuild mode now, do you want to be hand-holding young guys, 18, 19, 20-year-old guys, and watching your Stanley Cup window become, you know, now you're a mentor and you're not a guy chasing a cup. You're a guy who's going to help the, the next, you know, three or four guys win a, a cup after you've moved on. As much as you want to stay here in Chicago, do you want to be on a, a championship winning team or contending team? And if you're in a full rebuild mode for the next two years, so three years from now you're talking about being back in the conversation, does that sit well with you? I mean, and the NBA players go to the front office all the time, or the, the agents certainly do. Agents go and say, my guy wants out, and the GMs now say, well, go, go figure out a deal and bring it back to me. I'll tell you if we can do it or not. Yeah, but the difference is two players and a third make a championship team in the NBA. Sure. Uh, that's not the case in the NHL. Like, Artemi Panarin leaves, and they just think they can throw anybody out there with Patrick Kane, and he'll make them better. And he does. But to a certain degree. You and can only it, make Ryan Carpenter only so good. Yeah, and in the NHL, you don't have agents running the league like you do in the NBA. Sure. But does that mean, you know, someone of Patrick Kane's status and stature in that league and in that organization, does he have the power to go up to the front office and say, hey, what are we doing here? Maybe not by Monday, but certainly in the off season. And then, you know, maybe I need a new address as well. So feel free to get the best you can for me. Where do you stand on the rebuild? Are you surprised the Hawks have not made a move as of yet? And are you comfortable with Corey Crawford being the Hawks, Hawks starter for the foreseeable future if they deal Robin Leonard? 312-332-3776. Mark Lazarus from The Athletic joins us at 935. It's The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000 Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Be interesting to see what happens here moving forward. But uh, if you if you don't start winning games, I think it makes it, in my opinion, it makes it pretty easy for the general manager and his staff to uh, you know to make that decision. That was Eddie Olchek on the hockey show last week. The uh, Hawks had lost seven of eight before winning in overtime last night against the Nashville Predators. Now uh, six points out of the final wild card spot. In the West with Brian Hanley, I'm Pat Boyle. This is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You can reach us at 312-332-3776. And uh, certainly in cell mode right now, Eric Gustafson was a healthy scratch before last night's warm-up. Uh, we already talked a little bit about the Corey Crawford-Robin Leonard situation. Leonard appears to uh, be at a divide with the Blackhawks over term of getting a new deal done. And so... 
uh, the Hawks and Stan Bowman have some work in front of them. Let's head to the phone lines and uh, and get your thoughts on it here on the Hockey Show. Let's begin with uh, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, good morning and welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Good morning. Uh, I want to discuss the goaltending situation. I don't understand why they wouldn't give him a say he wants a six-year deal for Leonard. I mean, Crawford's already 35. Leonard's only 28, so that would bring him to 34, 35 years old anyway. And Crawford is just, I mean, he's one more hit, you know, from his career ending. He's how many concussions that he's had. And if you're looking forward to try to improve the team next year, Crawford has been great through the years, but he's long in the tooth now, and I just don't see him being able to stand up game after game and being the main, just the main guy. All right, Patrick, thank you for the call. Uh, Look, injury concerns with Corey are are certainly there. The concussions is something you you would be concerned about. Uh, This has been a really, I think, a solid year for him as far as injury-wise. The, the Hawks, it, it comes down to they don't feel comfortable with a five or six year deal for Robin Leonard. And, you know, if you're not planning or you don't believe you're going to win a cup or contend for a cup in the next couple of years, you can get by with cheaper and, and you know, younger and, and maybe develop something, some player here. I mean, I think it, te- it kind of tells you where they believe they're going and they're not going to the postseason, postseason certainly not this year and maybe not even next year. Uh, because otherwise, it's a no-brainer. It's the most important position you have. Obviously, you pay the guy when he's sitting in your in your dressing room. But I think it tells you all you need to know about what the Hawks front office direction is. And I think we'll get clarity on Monday for sure. Let's get Mark's thoughts on this one. He joins us from Denver, which could be the destination for one Robin Leonard. They they are looking for some goaltending help. Mark, welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN One Thousand. Good morning from beautiful Colorado. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad ESPN actually put on a show like this. This is, this is actually great for us hockey fans. Anyways, my comment is, is I don't think that Crawford is completely done. Um, I think he, he played so well last night. He's been playing well all year. But that being said, the Black, if the Blackhawks – if they get rid of Leonard, which I think is a mistake, they need to find another one, another one B goalie. Um, the there is no. It, if you look at Dallas, Dallas is a great situation. Dallas has the same setup as the Blackhawks, where you have two uh, two goalies that could be a number one on any team. And if they're going to make a deep cup run, you have to have. Two goalies that can be a, a number one over an extended period of time if the other one goes down. About the only thing the Blackhawks have done right this year have been alternating Leonard and Crawford. All right, Mark, thank you for the call. Well, well, you mentioned Denver could be a possible uh, landing spot for Leonard. And how about if you you know combine Sod and Leonard? Now you're talking mega deal, right? They have young players. You're, you're certainly going to get. They have the the cap room, twenty eight million dollars or so. Joe Sackick has to play with. So you can they can afford to keep both those guys long term. They have Bowen Byram who right there, was right. the you know, the sure bet number one defenseman that the Hawks were also looking at last year when they took Kirby Doc. If you could get if you could get Bowen Byram back, so there you have your bona fide uh, top two defenseman. Yep. 
and you got maybe a prospect and a third round pick. At least. At least for those two. Or second round pick yeah. for yeah. Saad. You want you want a couple of second round picks you got you gave up for Andrew Shaw? You want a couple of those back? Yes. You know, start absolutely. dealing with that. Get a couple of those. Uh, look, I, I would make that deal in a heartbeat if, if that was out there. So uh, I mean, look, there's, uh, they finally have some assets at the trade. Th- this Robin Leonard chip is a huge chip. Having a bona fide number one goalie on the market as a rental is a huge asset it's to have. It's gold, Blago. Uh, <laughs> it is. We haven't seen him yet at the United. He wasn't there at the United no, Center he's last on the, night. I'm having forgiven anyone tour. All right, the phone lines are bu- uh, are uh, are off uh, the hook right about now. The, we got the full lines here. Let's go to Andy on the north side. Andy, welcome to the hockey show on ESPN hey. 1000. Hey, Pat, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? Um, morning. In the past, Pittsburgh has rebuilt and been able to make the playoffs, where the Hawks have not. So I think that's a matter of uh, the uh, GM. And number two, all these times they draft, it's always smaller guys in the corners. Why not get bigger guys who are just as fast? Uh, And that's been going on for years and years. What's your thoughts on that? I think you bring up some great points. The team that, that Stan and the Hawks have built over the past decade plus has been a puck possession, smaller base team. Uh, Speed, puck possession, uh, defensemen that can move the puck. And uh, they've had the puck and and they've been successful, usually on the penalty kill. Their their power play hasn't been overly effective through the cup years. I, I do agree. You look around the league and, you know, you would see the Blackhawks survive Stanley Cup playoff series after just getting pasted by the other team. I, I mean, I, I, you can remember big series against, oh, Anaheim and St. Louis has been bigger. L.A. Um, L.A. And they found a way to usually get by those teams. You wondered at times how they were able to withstand the punishment. I would like to see some bigger players brought in. I think you saw a step in the right direction with Kirby Dock as the selection of the, of the third overall pick. If you looked at the, the other forwards that were being considered, nobody had the size that Kirby Dock has. So I do believe, you know, the, the franchise realizes that is an Achilles heel. And as you begin to look at this, this team going forward, I do think they, they lack size. And they really lack players willing to play within inside the dots. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Pat. And here's the other part of it, though. I think the frustration with Hawks fans, and and it's palpable. They look the front office when it least comes to trades. They've been in a slump. You know, they've been they like the power play. They haven't been overly effective. And and as a matter of fact, they've gone the other way. So whether it's the Sod trade for Panarin, uh, the Nylander trade, arguably. You know they need to they need to hit a home run or two with uh, with this trade deadline. And if you're a Hawks fan, do you have faith? As much as Stan Bowman has the rings and everything else, and he's earned your trust for the most part, it seems like uh, being a non playoff team the last couple seasons has Hawks fans wondering if Stan is the guy to 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 be making these trades. But he's not going anywhere, right? He is going to be sitting there. So. You have to have faith that he's going to get it right sooner than later. Well, I will say this. At the end of this season, uh, I think everything's on the table. 
Should be. Uh, I, I really do. I, I um, look. I, I think I, they trust Stan to make the decisions through this trade deadline. Uh, but I think there's going to be uh, a thorough examination of hockey ops and just exactly what the plan is. And if John McDonough and Rocky feel like that plan is sound, then things will stay status quo. If for some reason they don't, then, like I said, I think every, well, everything is is on the table. We'll, we'll talk to Mark Lazarus from The Athletic coming up in a few minutes. And interesting to get his take. Obviously, he's in town, but the national perspective on Stan and how effective he has been or will be. But if you're going to let him make these moves, organization-changing moves, perhaps, if it's a big day come Monday afternoon, and then three months from now saying, Stan, thanks for your service and you know, appreciate all the parades and rallies. Uh, time to find a different direction. Uh, that, to me, is more than a mixed message. That, that's probably uh, a little bit more confusing than it needs to be. Let's squeeze Al in here. He's got a question for Brian. Welcome to the Hockey Show, Al. Hey, how you doing? Brian, you've seen a lot of Blackhawks hockey. You've seen packed stadiums and en- empty seats. But i got to ask you something. Please clarify this for me. Why? Have the Hawks not retired the jersey of Doug Wilson? I looked at his high, in hockey reference this morning and his career again, and you just shake your head saying, Magnuson got beat up every time he fought. Yeah. And here's Doug Wilson, one of the scariest guys from the point, all the points, the all-star games, the whole thing. This guy has gotten nothing. Did he do something we don't know about? Is no. that why the Hawks have never honored him? Isn't he Pulley's son-in-law? No, is is Doug Dougie Pulley's son-in-law? I think so. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, if that's something wrong, I don't know. I, uh, you know it's, it, it Pulley's can, no longer the org- no, organization. organization. It, it can still happen, right? I mean, you know, maybe the the fact that he's in the front office in San Jose, did, you know, is not. Yeah, <laughs> you probably. don't want to have that retirement ceremony while he's still. I will say they have a lot of ceremonies over at 1901 West Madison. Yeah. Maybe they're holding off on that one yeah. for just a little bit. Yeah, there's still time, Al, so hang on. All right, so hey, coming up on the other side, we've got Mark Lazarus from The Athletic. Does a great job with Scott Powers all over the Blackhawks. We'll get his thoughts on what Stan Bowman's going to do before the NHL trade deadline. It's all coming up next on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening Listening. to The Hockey Show. Show. Blackhawks fans, you have a new home to talk hockey. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios. And it is our pleasure to uh, welcome to the show from The Athletic. Does a great job with Scott Powers. He is Mark Lazarus and he joins us on the Corona Hotline. Mark, good morning. How you doing? I'm great, guys. How are you? Doing excellent. Uh, trade deadline Monday, 2 o'clock local time. Eric Gustafson was... A late scratch last night, uh, as you heard from Jeremy Colleton when you spoke to him after last night's game. Hockey Ops called down at the the last minute. He was pulled. So it looks like Gustafson will be on the move. Uh, are you expecting to see uh, Robin Leonard made uh, available to somebody here in the next 48 hours? And do you think he's played his last game for the Hawks? <laughs> 
Well, I think they're certainly looking into it very hard. There's a, there's a couple teams that have a lot of interest. Carolina, I know, has been very interested in Leonard. Um, from what I understand, they don't want to play, uh, pay uh, the very high price the Blackhawks are looking for. They want you know a first-round pick, uh, a good prospect. Uh, it's a lot to pay for a rental goalie. It, it's hard to move a goalie at the trade deadline. You don't see it a lot. Uh, it takes longer for a goalie to adjust to a new team, a new system, a new defenseman uh, than it does a skater. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so you don't see it happen very often. Um, and you look at like last year when San Jose had a really good team and horrible goaltending, and even they didn't actually go out and make a move like we all thought they would. So um, it's tough to move a goalie, but the Blackhawks have the two best goalies uh, on the rental market, Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard are both on expiring contracts. They're not going to be able to keep both of them next year. Um, so they have to field phone calls on that. And the way Corey Crawford's playing, he's been phenomenal the last one. He might have, uh, uh, and given his championship pedigree, a two-time Stanley Cup champion who you know probably should have won a Conn Smythe one of those times, uh, he could maybe be of interest to a team that's looking to make a push here. And if you're Stan Bowman, you have to listen to everything. The way the last two weeks have gone, uh, the Blackhawks have no choice but to sell off assets that they can and try to improve this team in the future. Who are some of the other names you're hearing, Mark? Uh, would Brandon Saad be a guy that uh, I would certainly think phone, think phone calls are coming in to Stan Bowman on Saad now? Can you package he and, and Leonard and, and make a bigger deal, and then maybe that's more palpable or, or palatable rather for, for a team to, to take on the goalie? I think there's a lot of interest in Brandon Saad from other teams. There's not a really great appetite for the Blackhawks to move him. Uh, he's phenomenal this year. He's getting maybe your best two-way forward. Uh, and he is signed through next year. Um, it, 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 it depends on what the Blackhawks want to do here. Uh, are they going to do a full rebuild? Are they are they going to try to somehow kind of tear this down, even though they've got all these, these unmovable contracts at the top of the list? Um, if you're going to do that, then maybe maybe you do that. But that, I, you get the, the feeling the Blackhawks are kind of like the Bulls here, where they're not willing to completely tear it down. Like the Bulls for 15 years were just like, let's just be good enough to try to get into the playoffs, and we're not willing to tear it all down. Uh, and if that's the case, you do not get better trading Brandon Saad. Uh, he, he's a very good player. He's on a reasonable contract. Um, if you're trying to win next year, if you're still trying to win while you have Kane and Taves and Keith playing uh, you know, near the top of their games, you can't trade Brandon Saad. It doesn't make you better as a team. They don't want to trade Brandon Saad. Um, if, they get, if Stan gets his socks blown off by an offer, he'll consider it. That's everything I've heard. Um, Boston was a team that was interested in him, but they just traded for Kashe, so I don't think that they also can make Sod work. So I don't know what the market is out there, but uh, if I'm a contender, I would love to have Brandon Sod on my team. No doubt he's built for playoff hockey. Mark Lazarus from The Athletic joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Maybe Sod is packaged with, with a Robin Leonard uh, and Dell. Do, do you think term is the biggest sticking point between Robin Leonard's camp and the Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean, Leonard's made no secret about it. You know, most players don't talk about what they're looking for, but Leonard has made no secret about what he wants. He wants the big contract that he probably should have gotten this past year. You know, the last five or six years, I think only Ben Bishop has a better save percentage. This is one of the one of the five best goalies in the world over the last several seasons, and he's done it uh, um, in a system like the Islanders. He's done it with you know bad defensive teams like Buffalo and the, and the Blackhawks. Uh, he can he can win and he can be good in almost any system. So if he wants to get paid now, he's proven that you know he's a reliable guy. The mental health issues that concerned a lot of teams uh, shouldn't be a concern anymore based on what he's done the last two seasons. And he wants the big contract. He's 28. This is when you cash in. This is when you get your big security deal. Uh, if he wants six years, 
I don't know if the Blackhawks are willing to do that right now because they don't know what their cap situation is going to look like. They're in a they're in a bit of a bind, and they need to get if they can sign him for five million dollars, well, for four years, they would do it in a heartbeat. But if he wants six years, seven or eight million dollars, which is frankly reasonable given how good he is, I don't think the Blackhawks can make that work. And maybe Corey Crawford's a better option for a a two year, four million dollar contract. They want to keep Robin Leonard. They have engaged in talks over the last several weeks. Um, but the, the, the two sides are far apart right now. It's early. It's only February. They don't have to sign him until you know, July. But uh, if, if, if Stan doesn't think he can make it work, then he's got to consider trading him, yes. And, Mark, you referenced the Bulls, and, and here are the Hawks, and, and we had John McDonough on a couple weeks ago, and he said, we're talking about being great again. You, you know, Unlike the Bulls, who made their goal just to be a playoff team this year, whether it was the last seed or not, that was going to be a win for them. And obviously that uh, didn't happen for them. If you're trying to be great again, don't the Blackhawks, powers that be, the front office, have to be realistic and look at this team and say, okay, we've missed the playoffs the last, last couple seasons. We were first-round exit before that. You know, how how close to being great are we? I mean, you know, what changes next year to even guarantee you get you sneak into the playoffs? Well, that's just it. I, 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 well, what is the direction of this team? I don't know. They really haven't had a direction for the last few years. They've got some really good young talent coming into the system. That next core with... Doc at Bolquist, Debrinkit, maybe Strom, um, Nylander if he comes around. There's a lot of good young talent there. But by the time they're ready to be great, what are Kane, Taves, and Keith going to look like? They're going to be, right. Keith will be 38, 39, and Taves and Kane will be 34 maybe. And it, 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 getting those two windows to line up, that current, getting the, the, the next core to be great while the old core is still very good. That's the trick here because you can't move Kane and Taves. You could move Keith, but he's valuable at $5 million. He's on a good deal. Seabrook's not going anywhere. Um, I, I don't know. That's the dilemma there. They've, they've painted themselves to this corner where I don't know how they can get those two windows to line up. I don't know how they can be great again because you can't move the old contracts. They're not quite there yet. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, so that's the bind they're in. Is I don't know how they get to that point. You can't care. Everyone always wants to, like, you know, everyone on Twitter is always yelling me, just tear it down, blow it up, sell everybody. You can't do that. The way these these contracts are, are, are structured, you can't just blow it up. They're almost unmovable. So I don't know what the long-term answer is. They, they just got to they, they hope that they keep drafting well and keep having guys step up and keep getting Dominic Kubalik's from uh, Europe and, and hope it all comes together because they can't just blow this up. It's going to look like this for a couple of years. And some of the reason why those are unmovable contracts is is because of all the no movement clauses that have been handed out. Um, yep. I, I got to ask you about Stan and and his job status. I mean, I think this is a really important forty eight hours, fifty some odd hours for him. Uh, where do you think management and ownership's confidence level is in Stan and the job that uh, he's done? Yeah, you know, you you talked to John McDonough a couple weeks ago. You probably have a better idea than I do. We. We haven't talked. He hasn't spoken, you know, to any reporters all year, um, and until he does, it's hard to get a feel for. Remember, two 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 springs ago, when we thought Joel Quenville and Stan Bowman's jobs were in jeopardy, uh, it wasn't until the last week of the season that John McDonough gave them that vote of confidence that they're coming back next year. And then, of course, Joel was fired a month into the season. Um, every indication I've gotten is that Stan Bowman is not on the hot seat. He's still playing the long game here. He thinks he's he seems to have real good job security. I, I talked in Calgary last week, and I asked him about Jeremy Colleton's job security, and he said he's done a fantastic job. He basically said he's not going anywhere. And then I asked Dan about his own job security, and he said, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing my job here. There's always going to be critics. 
But, uh, you know, talking to people around the organization, I don't get the sense that his job's in jeopardy. I know that there's a segment of the fan base that desperately wants him gone, but there doesn't seem to be much of an appetite for that kind of massive change that has been hinted at. You always hear, you know, Rocky works and, and John McDonough say, if things get bad, you know, we're going to make wholesale changes, but they just don't do it. Um, Stan, I'm pretty sure, is going to be in charge here through the trade deadline, through the draft. They've drafted very well under him, and then through free agency. Um, it's going to be a, uh, you know, I think I said the exact same thing last year, but this is going to be a very important three months for Stan Bowman's tenure to see if he be- deserves to belong here for the long haul. And since they do seemingly have full faith in Jeremy Colleton, even though the fans, you know, boom every time his name's announced during the introductions, wouldn't it be make more sense that if you're to do a full rebuild, because here's a young coach who may have much more influence or could communicate better with young hockey players, young pros versus some older guys who've won championships, been there, done that, and are maybe, you know, questioning, not publicly at least, some of the moves or uh, lack of moves that he's made in games or in, in preparing the team to, for the next game. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's sure, they should do a full rebuild. But a year, again, how? you got $21 million tied up in Kane and Taves. They're still very good players, too, and they don't want to go anywhere. They have full no-movement clauses. Uh, Duncan Keith has a full no-movement clause. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Brent Seabrook has a full no-movement clause, and he does, and, and he's untradeable. Uh, how do you do a full rebuild? You've got well, 30-something million dollars tied up into those four players in their 30s and beyond. I don't know how you do a full rebuild. And, you, got, you know, Alvin DeHaan's got term left on his deal hold has got term left on his deal. Zach Smith has term left on his deal. Uh, you can only buy out so many. You can't buy out Brent Seabrook yet. It's not mathematically feasible yet. You could probably buy out Mata and Smith, free up some room. Um, but that's all that's going to be able to do is let you sign one of your goalies and Dominic Kubelik and Dylan Strom, and you basically still have the same roster. Uh, a full rebuild is probably in order. It's just not really feasible the way that this roster is constructed. They painted themselves into a corner. It's, they, it's their own fault. They're the ones that handed out these contracts, and they're the ones that signed these guys. Um, so they're going to have to make it work with the people they have. They have to find the right pieces around them to complement these guys because this is what it's going to look like. Last one for me, Mark. Uh, when you look at this rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, on the fly, keeping Kane and Taves in the equation, and obviously Duncan Keith as well, uh, what are the top three things that you would address this offseason to upgrade this team? Oh, God. Um, it's a good question. Uh, I, I think they do need to buy out either Mata and Smith. I like both those guys. I think they're both in fine additions, but the contracts don't work out with the team. So I think that's the first thing you have to do to free up some money is to buy out at least one of those guys, and, and the cap it wouldn't be bad going forward with that. Um, they need more depth scoring. You remember, you look back to those 2010, 2013, 2015 teams, and what separated them from every other team in the league was their depth. You had three legitimate good scoring lines and a fourth line that could play 12, Absolutely. 13, 14 yeah. minutes a night. This team has not had this. This team has had a good top six. They've got a, a, a top six that can rival most teams in the league, and then they got a whole bunch of fourth liners basically on the bottom six uh, that can't really produce, and none of the scoring comes over. So when Alex Dabrinka goes cold for a stretch, they they can't score because they don't have anybody else besides their big names that can score. So that's a big thing. Uh, you'd like to see them address the blue line, but again, I don't know how you do that with the contracts they have. They need Calvin DeHaan to get healthy again, but that's a big if because he's proven through his career that. You know, the two straight major shoulder surgeries is a huge concern, but he was playing great before he got hurt. This team with Calvin DeHaan on the blue line is probably a playoff team. Um, you need you come from within. You have that better player development. You need more guys to step in immediately. Kihari, you did it, and they, I, 
never understand it, but that's what happened. So now they need Ian Mitchell, or they need Nick Bodan, or they need Lucas Carlson. They need some more defensive help from within. They're locked into so many guys here that they can't go out and just add some huge contract in the offseason. They did that last year. So I use some depth scoring. You need to clear out some contracts, and you need better player development. And we haven't seen a lot of homegrown guys lately come out of this uh, organization. Great stuff. Mark Lazarus from The Athletic. He'll certainly be busy over the next 48 hours. He does a great job with Scott Powers. Mark, thanks for joining us this week. Anytime, guys. Good thanks, luck. Thanks, Mark. Coming up, your thoughts on what the Hawks should do over the next 50 hours or so. The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. Listen on the new ESPN Chicago app from anywhere. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Show on ESPN 1000 rolls on on a Saturday morning with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Steve from Crest Hill joins us on the Hockey Show. How you doing this morning, Steve? Pat, Brian, how you doing, Pat? I watch you every night. Appreciate Wonderful it. Job. Brian, it's great to have you back on radio in Chicago. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. I just wanted to make a comment on what Lazarus said. I, I hope I heard him wrong, but if I didn't, this is this is ludicrous. Did I hear him say they have drafted well under Bowman? Uh, I have to go back through the through the tape. I it, didn't. Well, I didn't hear it completely. I, I heard him right. Drafted well uh, up until up until Boquist. Haven't they got rid of seven first round draft choices in a row? How is that drafting well? The clown don't have a clue. He drafts them and then trades them. The first rounds have not have not stuck, and they have not made an impact. And you're right when you look back. I mean, you've got Kane and Taves, and now uh, Doc and Boquist. Uh, there's nothing in between, and that's quite a large gap. That's and, a 12-year gap. But you do get credit for finding Panarin, who was undrafted. Sure. And then, unfortunately, he signs Yeah, but the, then trading him. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. That That's the other part of the equation. And now he's going to be a star for a long time with the Rangers making big money. And and that's the one ever. They're going to live with that one for a long, long time. A couple years they didn't have first-round picks because they made deals to add at the trade deadline. And they did pick, let's be honest, probably 28th to 31st uh, four or five times over that span. So they're always picking late. Now, look, I'm, those are some excuses. I, you, I can't argue with the facts. The facts are that top round, uh, first round picks had not made an impact and, in recent years. And when years. you are saddled with no movement trade, uh, no movement clauses and, and big contracts for your older players, it's imperative. Even if you're uh, drafting 28-29, to find someone who can contribute, not someone who's going to be gone in two years. Let's check out what Ron in Naperville has to say. Ron, good morning. Welcome to the Hockey Show. Good morning, guys. Love the show. So I think the Hawks should trade Leonard and Crawford, also Gustafson. After the trade, you know, obviously you want to get the best deal you could, maybe draft picks or even if it's guys who can help you in the future who are young. And then I would look to re-sign both Leonard and Gustafson in the offseason. And then I heard Laz talking about Mata and Smith buying them out. Yeah. Well, if you trade Leonard and Gustafson, you tell a team, hey, we're going to include them. If you guys need to give us money back, you're going to give us somebody back on the last year of their contract. And that works. You've got you, you to you know, make it work that way. 
All right, Ron, some things to uh, to chew on there. I will say this. If you trade both goalies and both goalies make a significant run with the teams they go to, you could possibly lose them. Look, if Robin Leonard takes Carolina or Colorado deep, Look, if the they're, ter- up, they're not going to leave If, if term is the problem now, then yeah, the term, term is the problem, problem in then. June or July, yeah. right? Yeah, look, this is – I'll tell you what. The only silver lining if Robin Leonard moves on is that you can probably get Corey Crawford, who has a young child, just got married, just bought a condo here. Uh, he's got roots. He's – you know, he would give you at age 35 – He signed him for two years and $3 million or $4 million three, a year. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All yeah. of a sudden – uh, you're saving quite a bit as and we talk with Mark Lazarus is, 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 with cap. You're bridging, you're buying time, you're, you're building a bridge here to see where, where you're at in two, next season or two years out, and then you go from there. And I, I think he would be certainly welcome to that type of arrangement. And now with the, the handwriting seemingly on the wall with Leonard, I think that's where they're going. So if I, uh, if I put you over at 1901 West Madison and I, uh, I, I gave you a hockey ops app, uh, a hat, and you were able to be in the ear. Is of, there an app? Can I get in app, on the trade there, There's, there's an, there's, there's a an app for ESPN everything. Chicago app. You should uh, get it. it, it again, it idiot proof. It is. It is. If, if Brian and I can work it, it Anybody absolutely. Can, so yeah. download the new ESPN Chicago app. Uh, if you could talk and uh, give your thoughts to Stan Bowman, what would you be saying to him? Look, I, I would hope that Stan has had conversations not only with agents from other teams or agents for uh, Leonard. I would talk to Patrick Kane personally, see where he's at. See what I know he has a no movement clause. I know in his heart of hearts he wants to be a hawk forever. But you don't know what's changed. You don't know if he's looking at this realistically and saying, I'm not getting any younger. I'm still a great player, one of the best in the league. Maybe I do want to go see where I can win a cup somewhere else and add to my legacy. I don't think it's a, 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 a real shot, shot or no shot. You have to have that conversation. I mean, if, if this it truly is going to be a full rebuild, you have to have those conversations, and you have to see if one, you know, Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane moving forward, maybe not by Monday, but certainly in the offseason, if they're willing to entertain that conversation, and then you know real, realistically what kind of movement you can make and what kind of rebuild you can do. I don't disagree that those conversations should be made. I want to see how they handle Eric Gustafson. I want to see how they uh, deal and what they get back for Robin Leonard before they end up dangling uh, two big fish like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. We'll see what happens. Look, it's going to be a hectic now, what, uh, 50, 51 hours or so that we have before the trade deadline. We'll be all over it on NBC Sports Chicago as well, right here on ESPN 1000. Hey, we'll be here Monday morning to talk about yeah, as well. We're sitting in for the Catman on Monday and Tuesday, so we'll see you at 9 o'clock for that. Uh, Adam Abdal is going to join you coming up next on uh, ESPN 1000 at 1 o'clock. It's a College Hoops, a great matchup, Kansas versus Baylor. Uh, and then after that game, it'll be uh, Fred Hubner and our new teammate, Mark Zander jumps into the ESPN First Midwest Bank studio. So a lot to get to. All right, so you got Abdallah coming up next with Brian Hanley. That's going to put a bow on the hockey show. Our thanks to Mark Lazarus from The Athletic for joining us. And thanks to our producer, Eric Ostrowski. Thank you for calling as well. We'll catch you next week on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000 Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is Chicago's home for sports.